You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. What's up, guys? My name is Parker McDonald, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm here with Drew Robbins, and uh, this is going to be, Drew, I guess the tomorrow's the last day of deer season for Alabama, so I guess this is going to be kind of our our uh, our last, like, our last deer season episode. How do you feel about that? Um, I feel sad excited um you know i am a uh, i'm a glass house of emotion parker that's what i am i'm <laughs> a glass am, case of emotion yep I a glass case yeah i'm a glass case yeah and um so i'm 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 sad also a little bit on the relief side um uh and then also man just kind of excited looking forward to you know maybe getting out doing some postseason scouting um maybe trying to do a little bit of turkey hunting predator hunting so 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 sad but also you know, kind of anticipating some things coming up. How about you? Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm about the same. I'm sad. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple of reasons why, um, it, this is going to sound really, really, uh, greedy maybe. Um, so I killed <laughs> a, a good amount of deer this year. I killed nine deer this year and I really wanted to get that number 10, man. Like I, really really wanted to kill a 10th deer and yeah. uh 
I, I had my I had a couple opportunities to do that at, in the late season. I think I talked about it just a little bit. I've hunted um, a new place uh, for the this last part of the season. I hunted a couple a couple new places actually, and um, I had a really good encounter with a with a great buck. Uh, all, everything that I got really in bow range and had opportunity to shoot was uh was bucks so i couldn't do that (laughs) um i just could not get an opportunity at a doe for whatever reason and uh i went (laughs) i went to um i went to a bonus buck hunt with uh my buddy matt matthew reeves yeah Um, which killed a cool buck man that that's a that's a that's a cool looking deer yeah he did and so he got to kill his he he was tagged out as well so he got to kill his fourth deer in Alabama um as a bonus buck that day and it rained all stinking day that day it was so the weather was mm. awful and uh, that was i guess this past weekend so on my scouting that day the the day before I went up and scouted early and dude like I saw all kinds of deer I saw two bucks yeah. those I saw um just just good stuff you know and so i was really optimistic about the hunt the next day and uh i just i got shut out man i saw a black coyote that i couldn't get a shot at and for all the people who like to comment on youtube that i didn't shoot a coyote when i had the chance to uh, i would have shot this coyote except for i just barely saw him walking the hillside across the across the creek from me he was walking down the hill and i thought he was going to pop back up on my side and he i guess he just hit the bottom of the he just hit hit the creek bottom and just followed that out somewhere um because i never i never saw him again but then i had i had uh hogs that were like squealing all morning long i mean literally from daylight until 10 o'clock they were squealing and they just basically did a big horseshoe around the block of woods that i was in and uh i ended up going over to the it was raining like i said and so i ended up going over to the to the the fire fire break that I thought that they were in, and sure enough, I found the tracks, a bunch of pigs, a bunch of pig tracks in there, and um, they I, I followed their tracks out, and basically what they did is they followed the fire break all the way around me, and then walked the whole road all the way <laughs> almost back to the truck, like a full mile and a half back to the truck, and uh, I thought for sure at some point I'm going to catch up with these things because I just stayed on their tracks and. I never did, man. They just they were moving quick, and uh, and that was pretty much my hunt. But Matt did end up killing a, a great buck, you know, and he uh, he didn't scout at all. He got up he got up there the night before, had never been to this WMA. Neither one of us had ever been there. Wow. He went in there and he killed a buck at eight o'clock in the morning. Came walking down right like ten yards from him, and uh, so yeah, that, that was sweet. pretty cool. He had a great season. Um, if you guys listening to this are interested in hearing more about Matt and uh, his his page his YouTube channel that he's got it's called Southern Pursuit um, I believe he's about to drop this video like tomorrow um, and uh, it's gonna be a really good video we had him on as a guest a couple weeks ago and super cool guy uh, just super down to earth really really great dude and a, and a killer deer hunter man he, he's done a great job especially this season he's had a good season so um, make sure you check that out, but yeah, we had a good time, man. Other than the, other than the motel that I got had bed bugs and, um, it was I, yeah, disgusting. I saw that on your Instagram story. It was terrible. It was so <laughs> gross. 
You wouldn't believe this, dude. Those jokers didn't give me my money back. After I was like, y'all got bed bugs, though. Like, what? You just, am I going to pay? I didn't stay in the room. I was in there all about 15 minutes. And then I was like, nope. I went back to my truck and slept in the truck. Oh, gosh. It was disgusting. Mm. It was nasty. So, it, yeah. Man. It was uh, it was pretty bad. Mm. Hopefully, I'll have a video out of that at some point so everybody can see it. But, dude, it was like, so they had like, I know we're, we're <laughs> wasting time, but this is important. Um, there was like no sheets on the bed at all. There was no toilet paper in the bathroom, no toilet paper in the whole room. Um, there was a drain plug that goes like in the sink drain, uh, and it was laying on the countertop and it was cut, dude, this is gross. It was covered up in like crusty old hair. Like, oh yeah. Like it had just been sitting out there and, uh, and there was no, uh, there was like fingerprints all over the headboard. Um, mm. and I was FaceTiming Matt and telling him about it. And he was like, I don't know if I want to stay there, man. And he said, maybe you should check for bed bugs. And so I was like, okay. And so I checked and there were definitely bed bugs in the corners and, uh, piled up all in there. Mm. It was, uh, uh, it was gross, man. Um, well, gosh. just, to, I, and I, you know, I should have. The first red flag was when I pulled up to the motel and there was a sign on the door that said, go to the Sitco station to check in. That that yep. should have been my first red flag. But yep. um, there wasn't a motel. Like It was supposed to be raining all weekend. That's why we went ahead and got a motel so that we could have a place to you know, stay dry and, and take showers and do all that stuff because we I knew we were going to get wet. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, obviously that didn't happen and, uh, they wouldn't give me my money back, but it is what it is. And, uh, Matt killed a great buck and I was jealous. So that's pretty much how my season <laughs> got to end. Um, no, I was happy for him. I was happy for him. It was a, it was a cool trip. And, um, so yeah, did you now, now Drew, you've, you've had, some other stuff going on that um, (laughs) has probably prevented you from going into the woods too much the last couple weeks. Yes. Yeah. I got, uh, I got COVID. I tested positive for COVID and you actually called me during COVID and you're like, Hey, do you want to record a podcast or not? And I didn't have any crazy symptoms or anything, but I had this brain fog that, that, that they talk about or COVID fog where like, you just can't concentrate and there were just different stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not the best for me to do a podcast. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to be like Parker. I'm seeing Elvis in my wall right now. You know, like I, I didn't, I didn't want that to happen. And, um, and, and so, uh, so I had COVID. Well, right after COVID, like two or three days after we, we went and, um, um, uh, my little girl came into the world. So we, we now have a third, and and so she was born last week, and, and we, we brought her home Sunday. And so I go right from quarantine, basically right into more quarantine there at the hospital. And um, and and so we just finally got you know um, got her back, and we've been able to get out finally. And so we, but it's cool, man. We we um, so two girls and and a boy I have a six year old girl, four year old little man, and now my newborn. So we've. Uh, postseason scouting is going to crappie fishing is going to look a lot different this year. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it will. 
It's definitely going to look different. <laughs> everything went yeah. good. Everything went good at the hospital and everything. Y'all, there wasn't any complications yep, or anything every, like that. It's all all good to go. No, all we we're all good to go, and and she's healthy. She's loud. She don't want to sleep. It's awesome. That's fantastic. That's really cool, man. Congratulations. We're uh, we're appreciate all, it, man. I know everybody's happy for you. It uh, it's it's one of those things, man, where you know, guys. Uh, I would imagine most of the fellas that are listening to this are the same way. Where you know, with that kind of stuff, if we have the option to plan on when when we have children or when we get married or anything like that, when we have mm-hmm. the option to plan it. It's always best to plan it like right, right here, right now is about the best time. Right at the end of the season, it doesn't get in the way yep. of turkey season. Um, it doesn't really get in the way of fishing or anything like that. And more, most importantly, it you know it's not right there in the middle of deer season. And uh, that's what we did, man. Our our oldest little girl is yep. uh, she's about to have her fourth birthday, and she. She was born on February the twenty second. So, and I'm, I mean, we planned that. That was intentional. It was, it yeah, was. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. baby, if you want to start, then we need to start like right now, because yeah. uh, I don't, I don't yeah. want to wait too and much guys, longer. Guys, if you, if you, if you want a um, a great dude to follow, he's a turkey hunting fool. Joey Bell has some hilarious dad. I mean, he's he. He he just recently became a first time dad, and he it's it's cool um, yeah, to see some of the funny. updates that that Joey has, and plus he's just a great fall. I mean, he's a great dude, he's a great, and he's a turkey hunting fanatic. Um, which, which I know we're, we're on. This is our last deer season podcast, and then we're getting ready to transition into some turkey stuff and and, and different things like that. But like he's, it's a Joey. Joey's a good follow for sure. Yeah, Joey's a good guy. I was actually texting Joey. Um, uh, I, I was kind of gonna talk about this for just a second i was texting joey last night because i finally got around to um hanging up some of my turkey turkey stuff in my office i've Mm -hmm. just mostly had deer stuff in here and all my turkey stuff's been laying in the floor in my workshop and i just hadn't really got the i guess motivation to get it all hung up yet but i i got it hung up and uh it, it actually looks pretty stinking cool i'm i'm a fan of it and then i'll get I'll get white lightning back probably in March, uh, which I'm doing the full body now, mount on this, him. Okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I you know awesome, I've never awesome, been awesome. I've never been the kind of guy that said I would ever get a full body turkey mount, um, because I think the the tail fan and the wings and all that stuff it's all just kind of cool on its own. But that one was one of those that you just kind of have to, you kind of have to do it. Like you can't not get oh, that yeah. bird mounted, you know. It's just yeah. one of those deals. One hundred percent. It's one of those 100%. deals. One hundred percent. But uh, I'll post up a picture on Instagram uh, if people want to see it of what I did with mine. I, th- I think it turned out pretty cool. So basically, I have um, I, I pinned up some of the wings so that they would be so that they would basically dry, spread out um, like they were fully open, and I hung the wings up, and then a turkey, and then a, a tail fan. Um, one of the ones that I killed last year has a really cool, like, uh, white, white feathers on the, on the very, the middle, his middle, the middle of his tail fan. And, uh, he's got some, like, cool white stripes on him. 
And so I got that one. And then I put two other tail fans behind it on either side of it, which looks pretty cool. And then I put, I had like an old plaque laying around the house that, um, from a, like a European mountain. I don't really care much for plaques for deer mounts. And so I had this plaque laying around. So I just hung that like right uh, in between the two wings. And then I put probably some of my favorite colored spurs behind it. Um, the full leg behind it. And then the, uh, hung up a bunch of the beards and I, I can't find any of my, I can't find all of my stuff, like all of my spurs and all of my beards and stuff that I have, um, from over the years, but I've got the, probably the past two or three seasons worth, um, hanging up. So I was texting Joey about it because he, I know that kind of stuff fires him up once we get started rolling with, with turkey season. He's, he's, uh, He's a turkey hunter that'll deer hunt during the off season. That's kind of his thing. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yep. And, but so we are, we're going to get into that pretty soon. But one of the things that I wanted to do just to kind of tie a nice little bow, um, on deer season, we're still going to talk some deer. We got, we have a couple more deer episodes to go. We're going to start a, uh, a, a series where we're basically, talking to a bunch of creators um just different creators that mm-hmm. i've noticed um that you've noticed over the past year or so that um you know just a, a lot of guys are struggling to find content you know they, they struggle to find things to watch or listen to and um i'm extremely immersed in that world and i figure it'd be a cool thing to kind of highlight some of the people that we've seen that maybe don't have just some huge following but that are putting out really good stuff and uh so we're going to do that at some point and then we're going to get into turkey season and uh and then you know as always we're gonna we're gonna hit the round hit the ground running with with turkey stuff and uh i'm yeah i'm always excited about that i love turkey hunting it doesn't have i mean it, every single year it gets further and further up up the list as far as being closer to deer deer hunting but it still doesn't have quite <laughs> the place in my heart as deer does but um, but we definitely, you know, we've got a lot of good people that we can talk to a lot of people, especially when you start talking about the South and turkey hunting is just kind of, it's such a tradition in the South. And so we have a lot of people down here. I feel like that are very, very qualified, um, turkey experts that we can talk to. And so it's definitely, it's definitely a good, a good time. We love, we love turkey season, but I oh, want to. Yeah. I want to tie a nice bow around deer season as far as mine and yours, uh, our seasons and some of the things that we have, um, maybe, maybe some of our, our best memories, our best, uh, our best hunts that we had. Obviously we've shared most of it on here already, but just to kind of highlight maybe some of the, the greatest lessons that we've learned this season specifically through different encounters and different successful hunts. So, um, Drew, I, I, I guess I'll start because I started hunting, I started hunting, um, a little earlier than you did. Um, right. but I'll start out with this one, you know, um, in August, me and Jonah Abraham and, um, Adam Cruz, we had all kind of planned on doing this Tennessee velvet hunt, which I'd never done the Tennessee velvet hunt, mostly because I didn't have private land that I could hunt and uh right you know that was that that was that's always been the the biggest reason why I haven't ever done it 
you know, the past several years that they've had it. Um, but this year they did some stuff and they changed some rules where you could hunt certain pieces of public land. And uh, I won't get too much into depth, but one of the things that uh, Adam Adam killed a freaking huge deer, like a giant buck, on that trip. Yeah, he did. On like, on like day one, like afternoon number one, Adam goes off and kills like a 150 on uh, public land. In a hurricane. During a hurricane. And that's what I want to talk about is that hurricane. So that was a really cool memory for me. It was really fun getting to see Adam. Um, you know, Adam's had a tough couple of seasons and, um, just his first day to go out and hunt this season, he goes out and kills a freaking giant, uh, what a buck of a lifetime for a lot of people in full velvet. And, um, and, and that was really, really cool to see. But one of the things that I really, that I've thought back on, on that trip, even, even this last hunt this past weekend, um, hunting in through these this rainstorm. One of the things that we noticed on this trip, and I don't think it's like a secret for anybody, but um, you know they say when you when you have when you experience something firsthand is when it really starts to stick. And we had Hurricane Laura come through on that trip, and it was literally like tornado warnings going off on our phones. The sky would just turn like red. And I mean, all day long, it would be like fairly nice, you know, a little bit breezy, cloudy, but no rain. And then all of a sudden the wind would just start roaring and it'd start pouring rain. The sky would turn like orange and red. And then I'd get tornado warnings on my, on my phone. And, um, but then, and then it would just clear up really nice and, and be okay for maybe an hour maybe 30 minutes, and then it would start it all back again. It was just on and off throughout the whole day. But the thing that we all three noticed on this trip was how much the deer were moving during those breaks. I mean, literally all day yeah. long. I mean, from morning all the way till nighttime, the deer were constantly on their feet when those breaks would happen. And, I mean, I'm talking – I mean, you probably had – 10 or 15 breaks in the rain throughout the day that were, you know, 30 minutes to an hour long. And the deer just stayed on their feet that whole trip. We all saw deer that day. And Adam saw, I mean, earlier that morning, Adam saw a bigger buck that he said was bigger. He saw another decent buck with that one and then another smaller buck with that one, all in that same group that he couldn't get a shot on. And then Jonah saw deer um he saw a small buck and a couple does i think during that during one of those breaks and then i saw a small buck during the break as well and and they were just on their feet and we were all hunting within 100 yards 200 yards of each other just on little on little tiny strips of woods um leading out from a big huge bean field but that's just one of the things for me that i that really has stuck with me on that trip especially when you when you talk about hunting bad weather is like do not underestimate just because it's not prime time if it's two o'clock one o'clock in the afternoon adam shot his deer at one o'clock in the afternoon on his feet um adam was he was walking into his spot that that evening walking into his spot just happened on this deer at like 15 yards in the woods just walking around eating during one of those breaks and uh 
So crazy. That's one of the coolest things that I've that I've learned, especially out of that trip. But throughout the season, and for probably the rest of my life, I'll be able to look back on that trip and 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 take those lessons from it. Like if it's raining, that doesn't mean not to go out that day. That might be even a better opportunity for you to capitalize during those those little breaks in the rain. And I found myself constantly thinking back to that experience all season <clears throat> long. So, um, yeah, moving, moving on, Drew, what was one of your earlier, like early season hunts that was just either really memorable, um, just because it was fun or, uh, that you learned something pretty big on. Yeah. Well, I think the highlight of the whole year for me was, um, having, um, both of my kids, um, go bow hunting with me. Um, and, um, I've, I've told the story, so I won't, I won't really go, go, go into it in, in depth, but man, it, it was just so cool. Cause it was, it was a, um, it was kind of like, I, I got off work and they had, they had been bugging their, their mom and she was like, just, just take them. And I'm like, well, if I, if I'm, if I'm going to take them and she's like, just take them somewhere, like go, go to the park. Or I'm like, well, let's, let's just go deer hunting. And, you know? And so yeah. we, we loaded up and we went and climbed in a, in a blind and, um, had, had four does walk in and, and, um, and, uh, and basically I come to full draw and, and, and my son pokes his head out, you know, and goes, where are the deer? And they all, they all, you know, scattered, but it, it was just so cool, man, to have all, both of my kids that they're in the blind with me. Um, I ended up taking little man more this year than I did last year. He, he went twice last year. Um, this year we, we ended up going, I think about five, five or six times. And, um, we, uh, we, we've set and then set on the ground. We've set, we set in, in elevated blinds. Um, um, we, we set in chairs. I mean, it, it's just, it's just, it just was really cool season just to have him come along with me. And, um, but it's really cool to have both of my kids, um, um, with me and actually got to draw back on, on, on one. And then, Another time when I, when I took my son, I actually um, um, shot one, and so that was that was cool. We, we we got the blood trail one for the first time, and and so there that was definitely was the highlight of the of the year for me was was getting them getting them out. Um, I, it's it's funny. I I bought a um <laughs> I I bought a mystery ranch pack at at the start of the year thinking that I was going to, you know, quarter some up and, t- and take them out, which that is the plan for it. But it actually, it, it actually was my kid hunting rig, um, this year because, uh, uh <laughs> taking a kid hunting, man, is just uh, a whole different experience. Like we've yeah. got to have snacks and stuff. And so, but I was able to fit all that stuff in there and, and, and only make one trip. And so, but it was, it, it was a great time, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was cool getting to experience those hunts and, it it's something that every year that's my goal is to take them out and then as they get older you know have them you know shoot his first one with a uh, a bow and then a gun and then all this stuff so it, man it was it was so much fun like if if i hadn't killed a deer the whole entire year it, it would have been worth it just for that right there you know for sure now when do you think when do you think you're gonna actually start trying to get him or either one of them either one of your kids to actually shoot one well, um, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe this this coming up season, um, my my brother-in-law has a, a crossbow, mm-hmm. and um, so I'm thinking about trying to get them. I'm started there there on that, and then 
um, you know, they they both have BB guns, so so we've been shooting BB guns, and so then our you know next step up would be, you know, like a twenty two, you know, uh, um, and but what's what's cool, and I'm and I'm not wanting to get into a debate with anybody about it or whatever, but with with the ARs that 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 we have now, I, I have a I have a three hundred blackout, you know, um, they can't shoot that right now, but I mean with the, with with the recoil that that's not there, they can realistically um, 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 shoot it in, in a couple of years and have enough knockdown power to ethically, um, you know, take a deer. And so, yeah. so that's, that's the next step is, is to uh, get them on a crossbow. See, you know, let them start shooting it. L- little man, he got so many Nerf guns and I mean, he, he's, he's ready to go right now, you know? <laughs> and so, but it's just, you know, bringing him along and um, I'm, I'm steadily doing that. And so, um, uh, going to try to take him out some maybe and, and do some predator hunting with him, um, which that that's cool. Uh, you know, you can take them and kind of sit with them. I'm, I'm going to try to get them in the turkey woods with me this year just because it's, it's, I mean, you know, from a, from, from the standpoint of, of um, being still, that's going to be a, a, a challenge. But as far as like the running and gunning, man, it's perfect for a kid. I mean, yeah. you, and you get to sit there and talk. I can actually give him a a a call, and I can tell him to blow it, you know, and he can actually take part that they're in the hunt with me, you know, and so, um, so there's there there's just a lot of stuff. I know um, I saw where Alex uh, Boyke posted on the Southern Ground page about a small game hunt that backcountry hunt, hunters and anglers are are doing. They're they're doing a a a squirrel hunt on the um, February 27th. So guys, if you're in the North Alabama area, and you want to get the kids out, man. It's, it's, there's there's two. There's one at Swan Creek, and then uh, Perdido River. Um, the, both of them are WMA, so it's public land. And so that, that's the 27th. You can go over to the Southern Ground Facebook page, but it's a great way to get the kids out. I, I would love to take, um, um, you know, uh, uh, Briar and Brindley on a on a squirrel hunt, you know. And so, but that that was the highlight, man. Getting the kids out, getting to experience. Bubba loved it. Whenever I shot that doe, he was fired up, man. Like That's he was awesome. so jacked up, and and it's it's something that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that was a cool hunt. Um, I remember talking to you about that. That was a that was a neat a neat hunt. You know, thinking about that time of the year for me. Obviously, I went on a trip to Kentucky and in the early season mm-hmm. for that velvet hunt. And, and I did learn, I did, I did learn a little bit from that trip, but overall that trip was pretty, um, it was terrible actually. Uh, it was, it was great. <laughs> got to hang out with some really cool guys. Um, obviously hunting is, is always going to be fun. It beats sitting at the house for sure. It beats work, but, um, that early season Kentucky hunt, man, it's so hot and miserable and everything wants to bite you. And, uh, and then you miss the biggest yeah. buck of your life, and that just kind of just puts a big downer on things when you do that. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, thinking about the time of the season where you know, one once Alabama starts to open up, um, I had a couple of of really fun moments during that during that time. I know you did as well. Um, but just thinking mm-hmm. back to, um. The, the first buck that I killed, um, it was one of those things that, um, it, it, he, he's not a huge deer, you know, he's not a great big giant buck. I thought he was actually when I shot him, I thought he was a lot bigger than he ended up being. Uh, 
Um, I've never had ground shrinkage like I had with this one, but he's still a, a nice deer, you know, but I, I killed him on private land and I hadn't killed a buck yeah. on private land like that in a long time. And so one of the things that I've always wanted to do is kind of test out, you know, the things that I've learned since, you know, really going specifically to public land. I wanted to test it out on a hunting club that gets a lot of pressure and it has, you know, corn piles and food plots and stuff on it and see if, you know, some of the things that I've learned might help me even in that situation. And uh, I found out that it is definitely the case. And so I went in into this spot and we've got a full podcast and a, a full video about it. But um, mm-hmm. I went into this spot and basically just scout hunted. Um, I scouted out a spot, found what I liked and decided to set up there and ended up killing my first buck of the season right there. I was far away from any food. I was kind of in between two different, um, I guess, spots that they have uh, yeah. pins for. I was between two of them, yeah. and if I had to bet, I would say neither one of those corn piles or food plots that I was, uh, that were, you know, probably like 200 yards on either side of me, there was probably not a buck on those spots in daylight at that time, but I went in and found where those deer were going first from their beds in the clear cut. They were hitting these uh, white oaks that were dropping. And it was their first available food source in the in the area. And it was straight right as they came out of the clear cut. You had these white oaks that were dropping. And I found a bunch of rubs, which is very rare for that time of the season, to find rubs. You pretty well know if you're finding sign like that, that you're in a core area. And, and he's very probably going to be very, very close to you at that point. And uh, I actually told the guy that I went with to his club, with him uh when we found the spot i was like dude we need to get out of here go eat lunch and i'm gonna come right back here that buck is probably and i pointed i kind of babe ruthed it a little bit i pointed at where i was like he's probably sitting up right there on that hillside listening to us talk but the wind was right it wouldn't have blown him out our wind was good we were not being like super loud but he probably had some idea that something was there I was like, we need to get out of here. I'm going to sneak in here and hunt it and ended up killing killing that buck. And so that was that was another cool thing. You know, when I look back at all these, and we'll talk about a lot of them today, but when I look back at a lot of these deer that I killed this year, there's definitely reasons behind them. Like, I don't feel like any of yeah. them were just, well, I just got lucky today. I felt like there were huge things that I did and that I tactics that I put into place on some of the on really all of them that uh that I can definitely learn from in the future and that was that was one of them you know that was that first buck of the season I needed to get the monkey off my back unfortunately it was a tougher hunt than what it should have been because I made a bad shot and uh hit hit the deer in the shoulder and had to recover it the next day um, but none of the meat was spoiled, and we had a, a fun pack out because it had, had went like a mile and a half, or a, mi- <laughs> a mile or a mile and a half. I can't remember completely. Uh, uh, down some nasty, steep, thick, briary stuff. So it took us a long time to get out of there, and we had to pack it out, and that was fun. But um, you know, when I think about that hunt, that's the thing that I think about the most is finding that core area in the early season when bucks really are not going to be on their feet a whole lot 
during the daylight and going and trying to find that core area and put the pieces together. I think a lot of guys yeah. get really caught up in hunting food, hunting acorns or food plots or something like that during that time of the year, which is not a bad thing. It can work depending on the amount of pressure that you have on an area. But honestly, man, whenever it comes to whenever it comes to early season bucks, I feel like the thing that you have to do is find where he's living, find his bedroom and uh, get as yeah. close to that as you possibly can. You have plenty of season to yeah. to set up on food sources or funnels and rut spots, but the early season that is the main thing that I'm that I'm starting to figure out. So uh, that was that was that yeah. first you know within that first couple of weeks of the Alabama season opening, it was actually I think it was the second day of the statewide season opener is when I killed that deer. So. Um, it was relatively quick, but I put in a lot, a lot of the stuff is just stuff that I'm learning from guys that we have on the show too. Um, you know, yes, very the, true. the stuff that they're talking about and, and really putting them into, into practice and, and trying to, trying to learn the stuff. I mean, we're hearing it firsthand from these guys. And so I, I think the best thing that anybody can do is just, just test out stuff and see what works for your area. So Drew, what is, yeah. uh, when you think about maybe the next thing, that uh, the next hunt or the next experience that you had that uh, that was a, a big deal for you, what, what, what would it be? Well, it, it actually um, was my um, uh, first buck that I that I killed. Um, it was towards the um, first of no, or you know, yeah, right, right around the middle middle of November, maybe maybe first of November, and um, and I actually killed two of my bucks in cutovers this year and. That's one of the big things that that I took away this year was to not be intimidated by a cutover, because I mean they they can look so huge, they can look so overgrown, and they're I mean they're nasty and it's thick, and um, but there's a reason that the deer are in there because it's nasty and it's thick, and and one of the things that that I did, I consistently found is um, to not be intimidated by it because even in a huge forty fifty sixty acre cutover. Um, um, the the rules still apply, so so to speak. So like you you're looking for the changes in, in elevation. You're looking if there's a creek running through it. Um, you know the, you're you're looking for the um, for for the topo stuff still in the middle of of cutovers. And but also to 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 hunt a cutover, you sometimes you have to get creative. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I was really proud of this year was um, I. I was I was I was definitely creative with with the way that I, that I hunted because um, there wasn't a whole lot of um, there wasn't a whole, a whole lot of trees to get in and so I, I had to hunt from the ground and I had to I had to really get creative with that one of the things that was really cool was when my my brother came um, to hunt later in in the year after Christmas um, we were still hunting cutovers and and but it was he 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 was having really short shots. So he he actually hunted with a shotgun um, for two two or three hunts, you know, and um, and so just really got creative with it. I was really, um, um, uh, I guess, impressed isn't the right word, but I, I was really um, proud of myself for not pigeonholing myself to go and look at a cutover, going, okay, well, I'm gonna go sit on the edge of this cutover overlooking it, even though I can't, I don't have any good shots, you know, and so I was able to make my shot. Um, and, and I wasn't 
intimidated by all the briars and all that stuff. Um, also, it's, it's not nothing new, but it just it's something to be said that um, deer deer love easy access, and so if you have a freshly cut cutover or even a two two or three year old cutover where the logging roads are still there and where where they stacked up all the wood and all that stuff man use that to your advantage because they will deer will use that and Mm -hmm. and and so if if you're even on public land i I know they 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 go in and they cut every year on different wmas and and different natural force spots use that to your advantage and i know it's something that everybody goes okay well you know that that's that's kind of you know and I already know that. Well, if if you know that, did you hunt it this year? You know, like did you did you go in and use that to your advantage? You know, because if you didn't, then um, there's a good possibility you 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 missed a good opportunity to see some deer, shoot a nice buck. And so, um, two of my bucks were killed in cutovers, and I was really encouraged by that, um, figuring that out. Um, and so that's something I'm gonna keep on using and um but those are the two that are that's the next thing that that stands out for me was really taking a taking a feature of the woods like a like a cutover or like a funnel and i really felt like i drilled down on it and i'm i feel much more comfortable now if i was to go to let's say tennessee or 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 kentucky i feel so much better now knowing that it's not I i don't i don't just look at it and go man, that's, that's just too thick. I just can't hunt that, you know? And so I was really, I was really encouraged by that, you know? And so it's just one of those things you're trying to become a more well-rounded hunter. There's, there's, there's some guys that, that we have on here, like, you know, Jamie, Jamie McKay, he, he hunts bluffs a lot and on funnels, you know, that's something that I'm still not, not mastering because I don't think you ever master it, but it's something that um, I haven't found a whole lot of success on. So it's something that I need to learn. And so I, that's what I felt like with cutovers this year is that I really educated myself well on that because it's not, it's not just picking a pine tree and climbing up and looking over and shooting them at 500 yards, at least not with the cutovers we have, you know? Yeah. And so I was really, I was really encouraged by that. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you talk about, I get into it with people on YouTube comments all the time. They're like, man, you shouldn't have taken a shot. It was too thick in there. It's like, well, if I wouldn't have taken a shot, if I didn't take shots at deer in thick cover, then I might not ever kill another deer because that's just, you know, yeah. where and – you, and you hear a lot of people say the same thing. I mean, I it's not a secret that bucks like good cover. Deer in general like good cover. Does like good cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah. definitely big bucks, they, they're going to be found in the thickest cover that you can find. Even during the rut, I mean, you might catch them outside of it yep. some sometimes, but most of the time, those bucks are going to be pushing those does into thick cover. That's where they're trying to get to push them into. And so, I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. Cutovers are, and it's something that we need to learn how to hunt better, just because that's what we have here where we live. I mean, right? That's that's right. what we got to work with. So we really need to start figuring those out. Yeah. Um, but the 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 Next thing for me would have been the next buck that I killed. Um, I found this spot, this area. I'm not going to say spot. Mostly this whole area during turkey season of 20. Would have been turkey season of 2018, 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2019. Anyway, it's that's not important. Um, I found this spot, this area. It's probably a 
maybe a 200 acre area that I can pretty well guarantee you that there's not going to be anybody else hunting except for me. Um, I'm sure at some point somebody will figure it out, but at this point I've never seen any sign of people there. I've hunted a lot and I haven't ever seen anybody. I've never run into anybody. Um, but the first year that I hunted, which was not this season, but last season I hunted it and I saw a few bucks, you know, nothing, nothing huge. The, one of the bigger bucks that I saw all season was on this piece, but I never could get a shot at him. It was during the rut and, uh, I just barely caught a glimpse of him walking through and, um, but I would see does, man. I would see just more deer in this area than anywhere I've ever found. And I would consistently see them there. And one of the things that's really hard to do as a deer hunter is to stay away from places like that that hold a lot of deer mm-hmm. because we want to go and we want to see deer. We don't want to get shut out. and We want to see deer all the yep. time. And uh, I, I knew I could go in there pretty early, like real early in the season and, and kill some does and kind of get get a couple kills under my under my belt for the season. So I did that. I killed my first two does out of this place and hunted it maybe one or two more times after that um, just around this area. But there's one specific pinch point on on this spot, and it's basically a clear cut. I mean, it's as thick as a clear cut. Um, and at some point, it's probably been cleared before, but it, it, it's, it doesn't look like your typical like cut over clear cut. It's just a really thick nasty area on top of this mountain and these deer bed in it like crazy every single deer that i've ever seen on this place has been coming out of that at some somewhere and so but there's one spot that had just always to me it's the spot where i saw that big buck at and it always has just looked and it has it it always holds the buck sign in it coming going into it and coming out of it and it's one of those areas where you know it, the buck sign in there is going to be in there super early in the season, like the last one that I was talking about. And so you know it's kind of a core area. Those bucks are close by. If you're in there, they're close somewhere. They may not come yeah. out. And uh, the thing that I did this year that's different about it is I did not hunt that spot until it was absolutely perfect. I mean, the weather was right. The wind was right. I mean, perfect. I did. I just didn't. I didn't yeah. want to chance it because I knew I had a good opportunity there to see a see a buck and possibly get a shot at on a buck um, if I would just play it smart. And so, even one of the does that I killed out there, I killed it all the way across that piece of property, and uh, I killed her super early in the afternoon. And I was like, I could stay and wait for a buck, but I just decided, you know what? No, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and make my uh, intrusion as minimal as possible in there. I mean, I was constantly thinking about, I do not want to blow this spot up. And so uh, I waited about a month, I would say, um, after I killed those does. I waited about a month before I ever even went back, and I I had to have it perfect. And it was actually... um, It was when you had gotten sick, and uh, and I yeah. mean you had ridden around in the truck for a little bit. So the nature of my job, um, if I if somebody's sick like that, and there's a possibility that they have COVID or whatever, then I just quarantine until you get a negative test result. 
And uh, this day, right. this specific day, was like one of those days where I was like, I need to be in the woods. It was a Wednesday, and anybody listening knows that I have a special place in my heart for Wednesdays <laughs> and hunting on Wednesdays. I just, Drew, I think that that's when deer are most on their feet. And yeah. and I told yeah. you, I was like, all right, dude. Um, I think I told you on that Tuesday, I was like, if you find out that you got a negative test result, do not tell me until after tomorrow because I have got to hunt this spot tomorrow. And uh, I really didn't hunt at all during that week. I had lots of work to get done, but I got it all done so that I could have that morning to hunt. And you're like, okay, man, I won't tell you. I won't I won't let you know. And uh, so I go in there. I go in this spot, and I have a bunch of does come through, like always. And, uh, and I had a, a buck come in from behind me that that busted me and and blue he he was i don't i really don't know what he was doing back there there was not a whole lot of reason for him to be there but he was there and he ran off and so i was getting real down on myself you know i'm like man i waited and i came into this spot when i thought it was right this is the end of october which is probably in my opinion end of october early november is the slowest time that we really have in in right. our part of the state and, and our, the phase of our rut and all that stuff like that, that that's pretty much the slowest time of the season for us. You got early season, which can be really good. That's kind of like our, like the beginning of November is kind of like similar to our October lull that people talk about, you know? Right. And so I was right. at the beginning, I want to say it was at the be- right at the beginning of November. And, uh, I was getting real down on myself cause that buck blew out of there. And, um, it was the, you know what? It was the day after the election because I was looking at the election results on my phone, and uh, yeah, I was, I was looking at my phone. It was like nine o'clock, nine fifteen, something like that. Pretty late in the morning for an early season hunt, and uh, I'm just scrolling through, and all of a sudden the birds start cutting up, and I look up, and there's this buck standing right in front of me, raking a raking a, a branch, and uh, hitting yeah. a licking branch, and um, long story short, I ended up killing him and, uh, that was a really cool hunt for me. Just kind of putting that together, you know, of like, I know this is a good spot. I hunted it all season last year. I never even killed a deer off of that property. Saw more deer out there than I've ever seen in Alabama in anywhere on public land or private land. I always see deer in there. One day this, this season, one of the times that I hunted it and didn't shoot anything in the early season, it was uh, um, like right after I shot the second doe out of there. Um, one morning I went and I saw 22 does in that spot. And, I mean, Man. all in bow range. I could have I easily killed a deer that day. I just, I was waiting on a buck. But, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of deer in this piece. And I, and I just wanted to play it as safe as I could. I have plenty of spots that I can go to when the weather's not right. If I just want to go and hunt and maybe try out a new spot or a different wind direction spot or whatever. But I knew that this was going to be one of those spots that, I, that it's just one of those places, man, that you just know if you play your cards right, you're eventually going to get an opportunity there. And that's what I did. And, uh, and it worked out, and I was able to fill my second buck tag of the season. So... Um, you know, that was one of those lessons that, that you learn and you, you hear guys talk about it all the time. Like 
don't go into your honey hole spots unless the the if you know that there's bucks around, don't blow them out. Don't risk blowing them out just to go in and try to be aggressive. Yeah. You know, you can be aggressive when the weather's yeah. cooperating with you. And right. uh, and that's right. what I did. That's what I did for that spot. And uh, you know that Wait, that man. time of the year, you blowing them out is a lot less forgiving. If you if you blow deer out during the rut, it's a little more forgiving because they have other stuff on their mind. But during that right. point of the season, their their ultimate focus is surviving. And if you go in and blow them out before right. you even have a chance, then I mean you didn't really do a whole lot. So. That was one right. of those things for me, man, that yeah. I, I was uh, I was really excited about that hunt. He was my smallest buck of the season. Um, he wasn't – he's not a huge deer, but he's a, you know, a, a decent buck, a good rack buck, and uh, and I was tickled. I was tickled to death with him. So, moving on to the season, Drew, I know you had a couple more exciting, exciting hunts and really good sits, you know, starting to get closer into the rut. Um, so how was, yes. how did that look for you? Yeah. Well, um, kind of piggybacking off what you just talked about, Parker, there was a couple, um, as, as we got into the rut, um, I killed this year, I, I, I killed my, my biggest buck in Alabama so far. Um, and, but, but just to be honest, like it, 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 it sounds, this is going to sound weird, but it's, it wasn't one of my highlights. Um, <laughs> just because it was one of those things where, uh, um, and, and I've told the story, so I'm not going to rehash it. There, there's, there's a guy in our church. He has a real nice food plot and he, he, he lets me come hunt it. I, I go over there and I shoot a lot of does over there. Um, but I just happened to get in, um, about 45 minutes, our, our hour prior to shooting light end. And it was one of those deals I got off work. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go sit. And I did buck pops out and I, and then, and then end up shooting him. So like, he, he's a great buck. I, I mean, it was awesome, but he wasn't one of my highlights just because uh, I didn't work as hard for him as I did for my other two, and yeah. they're they're a lot smaller. But um, but uh, uh, the last buck that I end up shooting, and then um, my my pops came right before Christmas, and and the reason I'm telling both stories at once because they they the concept is still the same. I think I was more patient this year than I have been in any, any seasons past. Um, I, I really took those Bobby Worthington, um, episodes and I really went back, listened to them two or three times and was just like, okay, I'm going to be more patient and than um, than I ever have been. And so sure enough, there's, uh, there's a spot, um, on, on our club that, uh, no one, no one had ever hunted. It was a small, um, it was a small three acre part of a clear cut that was kind of cast off the side. Anyway, make a long story short, I set two times in that spot. One of them was during, um, late bow season and I had a real nice eight point and a six point come by that I couldn't get a shot on. And then I just let it sit. I didn't do anything with it. Um, and then, and then when my dad came down, um, I ended up putting him on another spot in our club and, and I went and set that stand again, and I ended up killing my first deer, which had just happened to be a buck out of, out of the saddle, which was awesome. I mean, um, as part of the main reason why I killed that deer um, was just because it was it was with my pops, and also it was, a, it, was a, it was out of the saddle. But it was the second time in, and um, and both times that I went and set, I I saw bucks. Also, I have a I have a thirty acre piece that I have permission to hunt. 
and me and dad went and sat on that 30 acre piece and um we we've been sitting there 20 minutes and dad shot a buck and um what was cool about that hunt is that uh, a week earlier i'd walked in just to kind of check it and just see and sure enough man uh, rubbed and scraped that had had opened up and I was like, okay. So I, I just backed out. I, I didn't go no further. It's it's 30 acres. I had I had the wind there in my face um, as I walked in, saw all the rubs and scrapes. I'm like, okay. And, and I just backed out. And um, I knew my dad was coming in, so I set him up on it. And, dude, we hadn't been sitting there, like I said, 20 minutes, and, and he shoots one. And and by this time, I, I'd already tagged out. I couldn't kill any more uh, bucks. So I was just sitting in the stand. And, and he shoots one and we load them up and we're, we're, we're eating breakfast by eight o'clock. I'm like, this is the life, man. This is, this is what it is right here, you know? And so, but that's the only time that I hunted it the whole entire year. And, 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 and so I, I, one, one of the things that I think I really grew in is that being patient and knowing when to go in, you know? And, and so both of them kind of, um, those, those are highlights, man. Cause one, uh, both of them involved my my dad, which I know Parker. That's a that's a big uh, a, a big deal for you too. You know, I mean, yeah. when, whenever our dads come down to hunt, and so, but having him there, putting him on a buck, and then me killing a buck with him, he helped me drag him out. Um, first first deer from a saddle. Um, it, it was it was just phenomenal, man. It, it's just so cool, and and so that's that's what I took was just really being patient, waiting until the conditions are right. Um, what's, what's interesting about this year is I didn't really run any trail cameras this year. Um, up until this year, I've been a pretty big trail camera guy and I'm not saying that, um, there's anything wrong with them. I mean, um, um, I, I, I had a couple out, but I I was really trying to become a better woodsman and a better hunter this year. And like I said, I'm not taking anything away from trail cams. I'm, I'm looking at buying some too, you know, like I'm, I'm there. Okay. Don't, don't be sending any. Don't be sitting in Parker hate mail saying that 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 we hate trail cameras. I'm just saying I didn't run a lot this year, mainly because the batteries went dead and all my cards didn't work. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I kept checking trail cameras and they were all dead. I'm like, this is so stupid. And so um, and so, but it was just cool to just kind of get back to the uh, roots of it. You know, um, scouting the sign, doing all that stuff. And so that was my last big you know uh thing that i took from this year um, scouting or you know tactic wise was just being really patient making sure the wind was in my favor i dropped more milkweed this year than i've ever dropped in my whole entire life you know as soon as i got out of the truck i drop it as i'm walking my stand i'm dropping it and and there was numerous times where i was walking into sit places and i was dropping milkweed and it just wasn't right and i just i i just I just backed out and I, and I just went and I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to walk this ridge out, you know? And I didn't even really hunt, you know, I was just scouting and, but I was dropping milkweed constantly. And I think that was the reason or one of the reasons that I had, um, you know, uh, ended up killing three bucks this year was, um, and killing, I actually killed more deer this year than I killed my whole entire life, you know, in a, in a season. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was, I, I think it's directly attributed to, I was really patient and I didn't, I didn't push um, until I knew I had the conditions in my favor. And then when I did, um, it's, it's really cool too. To the to the bucks that I killed and the cutovers, you could you could add the distance 
together and they wouldn't exceed a hundred yards. I mean, I was right on top of them, yeah. you know? And so, uh, and which was just really cool that that lets me know that I was doing something right when it comes to wind, when, when it comes to access. And, and so I was, I, I, I was really proud of that, you know? Well, yeah, man. I mean, you definitely should be. There's a, a lot of, there's a lot of different opinions on, you know, you ask some people, some of the guys who are just like hardcore, great deer hunters, they've killed a lot of good bucks. They're going to say hunt, hunt anytime you can. Then you have other guys who are just as qualified yeah. who are going to say stay out until the time's right. I think it's just a matter of, of yeah. figuring out what's work, what works best for you. And the thing for me that in that, in that regard that has worked the best is to have a good, uh, a, a bunch of spots. If I want to go hunt any given day, yeah, I have somewhere that I can go, you know, and, and yeah. most of the time I have somewhere I can go where I have got, had encounters with good bucks or, you know, a, a good spot, you know, that, that works out for that specific wind direction. I, I don't have a whole lot of burner spots that I would call burners usually if i don't feel like i'm gonna see a deer in there i'm just not gonna go in there i'm gonna go somewhere else so yeah you know i think uh i think everything you're saying is is right on right on point and and moving into like scouting and in-season scouting you know last week i talked with uh with shay about uh in-season scouting and um that was really the focus of, of last week's episode and if, if you haven't listened to that one guys it's a really good one um, with Shay, he's from Arkansas, and uh, this is just a, a fun episode. This is what we really talked about, and I did a lot more of that this year, especially on my out-of-state trips. And, uh, yeah. you know, talking about Kentucky, right after I killed the buck that I just talked about, I went to Kentucky for a trip, and this, this year's rut was unseasonably warm for uh, for the northern states like that, Midwestern states. super hot. I don't think I ever put any cold weather gear on that whole trip. Um, but I killed my biggest buck of the season in Kentucky this year. And uh, of all the places that I just really needed to kill a good one, it was Kentucky because I needed I needed some closure on that state. For anybody who knows, it has been, <laughs> it has been a time, man, trying to kill a good buck. It's not for – Lack of opportunities. I've had plenty of opportunities. It's just that state and me just didn't get along. Um, but I'd never hunted it during the rut like this. And so uh, went out with a, a good group of dudes um, and who have all hunted the, the area that we were at during the rut. They've all hunted it for several years. And so um, for me, it was a, a a new experience, you know, hunting a, I guess you could call Kentucky. It, it's It's more like a Midwestern rut. Just a really good uh, buck to doe ratio. Lots of good bucks, you know. Um, anybody who has uh, been out there for that time of the year knows, like, there's just no telling what's going to be right over the next ridge. And so, the thing that I did differently that time, I've always been one of those guys that's like, you know, I have a specific amount of vacation days that I can use for those type of trips and I want to make the most of those days and I want to be able to hunt and actually be in a tree, you know, as much as I possibly can. But I had never been to this place before. It was completely new. It wasn't the same area of Kentucky that I, I normally hunt. 
So it was a completely new area, and I had a lot that I needed to learn. And so I made up my mind going into that trip that I was going to scout and scout and scout and scout until I found something that said, I am going to kill a deer here. Like, that gave me so much confidence that I'm going to kill something right here. And, you know, the thing that I found was that, um, number one, in Kentucky, deer in the rut, you could be five yards off of the road and you have a chance at seeing a good buck chasing a doe because they go crazy out there. Um, yeah. But I didn't ever actually uh, have a legitimate, like, I sat in a tree a couple times for an hour or so and saw deer every single time, but um, I didn't have, like, a legitimate hunt until the third day, and I went in and I killed a deer within five minutes of being set up in the tree. And so the importance of of scouting and not not uh, settling for something that might be good enough, and settling for something that is got your confidence way, way, way up, you know, um, you take, you take all the things that, you know, all the knowledge that you have and really putting it, putting it, uh, putting it to the test and trying to find those spots that you say, I'm 100% gonna have an encounter with a buck. And you can't ever say a hundred percent, but you can be that confident, I think. And, uh, and that's how it worked for me on that one. And, my my third buck, which uh, my third Alabama buck, which was uh, about a month later, we talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Alabama rut's weird, and uh, it can be all over the place. But where where we hunt, um, typically December, um, early December is when when you get the the heat of the rut. And uh, and I went in, I scouted this spot, I hung a trail camera. I took a full day out of the season before I went to Kentucky. I took a full a full day and of not hunting just to go and scout this area because I I knew that once the rut came about, um, I was gonna I was gonna be in this spot. And uh, it's it's a long kayak trip, like five mile trip, and uh, into a little little bitty tiny piece of public land. But man, I'm telling you, from the first time I stepped foot there, it was one of those. It, it really goes back to what I talked about earlier. It was one of those spots that I had so much confidence that I was going to potentially kill one of my biggest bucks ever on, and um, and I wanted to stay out of it. I wanted to go in and scout it and really get a good grip on the place, uh, and then stay yeah. out of there. I, I didn't go in there for another month. And uh, gave it time to to rest after I had tromped around in there, you know, all day. And um, went in there uh, the first day back of the rut, the first my first rifle hunt really. And uh, went in there and killed uh, n- not the greatest buck of my life, but a, a very very respectable deer, one that I was willing to tag out on. But I saw and had the opportunity to shoot what would have been the biggest buck. I think it would have been the biggest buck of my life. Um, he was a toad, and I've told the story plenty of times, and you can watch the video and see the disappointment on my face when he ran off after I watched a doe that came through, and uh, he was right behind her, and I had no idea until she ran off. She busted me, and he ran off, and I saw him and didn't get a shot at him, but he was a tank. 
just a absolutely gigantic deer and I, I hung a trail camera in November up there that day that I that day that I went in and scouted it and uh, he actually walked right by it that morning 30 seconds before I saw mm. him and uh, he was a he was mm-hmm. a really good deer and it goes back to what I was talking about before of you know staying out of a place I had two great bucks right there within 30 minutes of each other two really really good bucks come by me uh, and I think the reason why is because there just wasn't much human pressure coming through there and um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of a lot more pressure coming from the private land that they were probably spending most of their time on but it, there, there's two yeah. things that's one of them you know staying out until the time's right until you got the right wind it's the right time of the season to go in there um, but then the other thing is is again you know, going in during the season and scouting it and trying to find the best spot so that when you go in there, you can take full advantage of it and, and know exactly where you want to be at. And, uh, and I think that for me, man, that was just, that was so huge spending that full afternoon or full day in there and really learning the property and how the whole thing lays out and to be able to pinpoint it. Oddly enough, the best spot that I felt like to set up at was, I mean, right as soon as I climbed the bluff from the water, got out of my boat, climbed the bluff, and set up. That just was the best spot to be set up at on that whole place. And uh, and so that made it for a, a, a lot easier drag than it could have been. Still a very difficult drag, almost straight vertical drop down to the water to get that deer out of there. But that was a, that was one of those, and I, I think I've talked about it, in the preseason or, or the the before the season started in the off season, I think I mentioned this spot several times of just one of those that I was like very 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 confident that I was gonna kill a deer in, and I did first time in there went in there and killed a buck and um and I'll definitely be back and I'm definitely gonna hunt it the same exact way. I'm not gonna go in there. You know I think a lot of us get so caught up in when we find a really really good spot like that we end up just messing the whole thing up and going in there, you know, opening day of the season to kill a buck and being disappointed whenever we don't even see anything in there for the whole season. And likely we would have, if we would have just stayed out until, until the time was right. So, um, I think, I think that is, uh, that that's about all that I've got for this season. I had a couple other encounters, you know, with, with good bucks, but Drew, do you have anything else from this season that really stuck out to you? Yeah, there was um, just just real quick. There was my, my only out of state hunt this year um, was, was in Georgia. My my brother um, moved to Georgia this year, and and so I went over and we had, we had planned to kind of do like a uh, uh, a two day hunt, and and anyway, it 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 only worked out where we 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 did one day just because it because it came a hilt. I mean, it just just came an absolute gully washer, and. And and then too, you know, uh, we were with family. We had we had some stuff planned, so we just kind of like, all right, we 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 won't hunt on the rain day, and we and we'll hunt after. So so we we pulled the maps out, and how how it laid out was my brother has um has a lease down there, but it the the lease butts up against some core land, and it's landlocked. And so I got to looking at it, and I was asking him, hey, you know, where does everybody hunt at? You know, all this different stuff. And so 
he showed me and I'm like, and, and, and I pointed to a piece of public. Um, I go, does anybody hunt that? He goes, no, he goes, no one ever goes down there. I go, okay, well, that's where I'm going. And so, um, so that, that morning he, um, uh, put me up in a, in a stand there on, on his lease, didn't see anything. And I go, okay, I'm going where, where I said. And so walked over and there's a clear cut up top and it goes down into a a holler and butts right up against the core property. And it's also, there's a funnel there, um, with, with the lake that's around it. Anyway, to make a long story short, I, I basically was just like, I'm going right here. I'm going to sit between these two drainages and I'm going to see deer. And my brother looked at me like I was weird. He's like, what are, what are you talking about? I go, yeah, I'm going to go in here and due to the sign that I'm seeing, I'm going to see deer. And so, uh, and, and that's what happened. I, I, I had two does, um, uh, come in and um um couldn't get a shot and um but anyway it, it was just cool because you know it, it just makes you feel good when you can look at a place and go okay I'm, I'm gonna pick it out there on the map kind of like what matt did with his buck last weekend you know i'm gonna go here you know mm-hmm. and if it, it just felt good because you hear everyone else talking about it and then if you haven't experienced it yet you're like well doggone i'm i'm not that good of a hunter you know like her Man, I see, you know, Andy May, you know, kills a 160, and, and he, he only hunts one day, you know, and <laughs> which, I mean, he, he's just a phenomenal hunter. I mean, he, he's like my guy, you know, like, I, he, and so, but, but you hear all these guys doing this, and I was like, right, well, that's where I'm going to go, and the reason I went there, one, there was no pressure in there at all, um, two, it was drainage coming off of a um, clear cut, and we, and if you listen to the podcast at all, you know, we love some drainages, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit right there. And sure enough, had opportunity to, um, um, kill a deer, couldn't get it done, but it just felt good to know, okay, all this stuff I've been listening to and hearing and reading about and listening to other podcasts and hearing guys on our podcast, it actually does work. Like it, it actually works. Like if you trust it and you put yourself in a position enough by seeing different terrain, seeing different things, you can literally take, you know, this stuff that we talk about here on, on our podcast. You can go to Tennessee with it. You can go to Indiana with it. You can go even out west with it. And it's it's really not going to change all that much. Deer deer still want certain things. And it, it was just cool to go on an out-of-state hunt, have very limited time, and go, I'm, I'm going there. And then it almost happened. It, it, it was just really cool. It was a great learning experience for me. I hope I can go on another out-of-state this year and and do the same thing yeah yeah and you know going back to what you said about this a lot of the stuff that we hear guys talk about on the podcast a lot it does it does just work and and the whole reason why me and you drew decided to do kind of this structure for this season of trying to have a guest one week and then the next week Mm -hmm. talk through our our hunts like we did today talk through what we're learning and what we're experiencing in the woods is, is really, I mean, it's not just so we can sit and shoot the bull talking about deer hunting. Right. You know, I've, I've always felt like the best way for the, the best way that I learn from other people is by hearing about specific scenarios. And we, we did this deer in Turkey season two. We asked very scenario driven questions to our guests last year and we'll probably do the same thing again this year because that's just the best way I learn when I find myself 
you know, you know, deer hunting in the rain, um, how do I keep my confidence up to keep going in the rain? Well, now for me, when I see, when I see rain in the forecast, you know what my mind immediately goes to? Adam Cruz killed a freaking giant buck in a break in the rain. Like that right. is, that's what I immediately right. go to. And I hope other people do that as well. You know, whenever I, there, there's mm-hmm. one thing I've heard, uh, Andre DeQuisto talk about, and I, we hit on it just a little bit during, um, during the episode last week with Shay, but, uh, he talked about, uh, finding when you find quote unquote scrapes in the like early, early season, October, September, October time of the season, um, he has a whole thing that he talked about, about finding those licking branches. And, um, it's really just a, a pecking order, uh, establishment licking branch. And that's why it looks like there's a scrape there because there's, they're spending so much time. Their feet are right there and it's just kicked up a lot of the leaves and stuff. And so it looks like a scrape and eventually it probably will be yeah. a scrape later on in the season. But when he told me when, whenever he was talking about that, that's something that really has stuck out to me a lot. And I think about it almost every time I find a scrape in the early season, I'm able to break it down with that scenario in mind. And so we, yep. we tried to do that this year. And I hope, you know, for you guys who are listening to this, I hope that it helped. I hope you all, you know, if you found yourself in the same type of situations that you were able to think back to some of these things that we talked about and uh, things that we've learned and noticed and felt like contributed to our success for this season. That's really ultimately what the podcast is all about. It's all about the listener and and having um, being able to help you guys become successful, more successful, based on the things that you hear us talk about here with our guests, whether it be our guests or us or whatever. Um, it's all about it's all about that. You know, we don't just I don't just want you to hear me talk about deer hunting all day and it just be entertainment. I do, you know, I like to be entertaining and I like the show. I like that the show, the guys that you guys listen to this, you know, to be entertained, but also I want it to be a a good, a good learning tool for you guys. And, um, so that's why we do it. And that's why we did this structure this year. And, uh, man, I have heard a ton of stories. I've heard a lot of people, you know, reach out on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and tell us, you know, the things that really stuck out to them. And so, I really do appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much for listening throughout the deer season. But that is going to be a wrap on deer season 2020-2021. That's going to be it, man. It's over. It's over. It's over. Tomorrow is the last day of the season, and uh, I wanted to go, but it's just not going to work out. (laughs) So, No, it's time to. Time to turn your attention towards some turkeys. It is. It is time to do that. I'm, I'm fired up about it. Turkey season makes me nervous all the time. I, I've, with deer, I always feel like you know I've been able to, you know any any buck that I look at that I've killed, um, especially public land deer. I never really felt like man, you just got lucky on that one. I always felt like there was a reason why I killed it. With just about every turkey I've ever killed, I always feel like you just pretty much were in the right place at the right time and got lucky. <laughs> I feel like at some point, uh, some some point, turkey season is going to roll through, and I'm going to not kill a turkey because I just wasn't lucky enough that season. Um, that's yeah. just how I've always felt about it. But man, Drew, congrats on a uh, a killer 
deer season for this year. COVID year. Had Appreciate a killer it, deer season, man. I'm proud of you. I know. Uh, Same to you, man. Thanks, man. It's been a it's been a good time. So yeah, dude, you uh, you, you killed nine deer. That's awesome. Nine of them. You know? Yep. Nine deer. That was that's, a that's freaking awesome. Crazy season. It's been really good. It's been really good. I'm blessed. Yeah. And uh, speaking of turkey season, um, have you seen the new Scree gear that, that that they're getting ready to drop just in time for yes. turkey season? I was actually talking to the guys at Scree like last week, and they were asking me what I thought about that new pattern. And uh, I've I've heard mm. a ton mm. of people mm. talking about it. But they asked me specifically about what I thought about it for turkey season. And, um, dude, I'm jacked up about it for turkey season. I Looks I, good, man. I, turkeys, turkeys obviously see a lot better than deer. And, um, you know, your colors are very important in a turkey camo, in my opinion. And uh, I feel like this new pattern has a lot more dark colors to it. A lot more dark yeah. breakup, which is perfect for sitting up against a big a big oak tree you know and so i'm yes it is i'm fired up about it man I, th- I think it's a really good pattern i've heard a lot of people talking about it lately and have recommended it to quite a few people i've been tagged in different things where people had questions about it so guys make sure if you if you have any questions about scree feel free to reach out to me or drew or post about it on the the southern ground hunting yeah. open forum that we have that's a facebook group where we we try to talk about as much of this stuff as we possibly can and um so so feel free to to reach out to us or post about it there if you've got any questions but drew the one thing that we can tell them right here is that they can use the code southern ground at checkout and it'll save them 10 percent off of your order so that's right if you're in the market for some new uh new hunting clothes then you need to check out screegear.com for sure for sure you can also check out um new canoe that's kayaks that me and drew both use i have paddled many a buck out on my new canoe this year and it has not disappointed me one time and uh here's something pretty cool drew i don't know if you knew this but uh i got moved i got i got named and this sounds i'm not trying to be cocky or anything but i just think it's really cool um that they did this but i got put on the national team for new canoe as the first deer hunter the first hunting person on the national team it's all all these like bass fishermen and all this tournament bass fishermen stuff but they uh they put me on there as the first the first hunter so that's pretty cool i was pretty jacked up about that i thought that was pretty fun um sweet man yeah that's that's awesome and I, i i'm not completely sure but i think like you're the first southern guy on there like you know what i'm saying like um i, I, I don't that, know that might not be but like i mean from from the deep south anyway you know the so northern the northern guys that, get that, they get all the credit for everything and it's kind of uh, i'm kind of tired of it really <laughs> <laughs> the guys yeah. who hunt, hunt no, kill big 200 inch deer kill booners and stuff up north that think they did something really awesome you know and us southern guys are like well i killed I killed a, a, a 120, you know, and uh, yeah, and guys, I mean, I'm just saying, we are not above accepting an invite to come up north and kill a huge 170. Oh, We're just no. not above that. I mean, so, I mean, no. you know, <laughs> we talk bad about it out of our own insecurity, but uh, <laughs> that's exactly right. 
But no, I'm I'm actually really excited this year because my my new canoe, it didn't come in just due to all the COVID shipping stuff uh, uh, until halfway through deer season. But I'm I'm excited to get out and catch, catch some crappie with it this year too. Heck yeah! You kind of had me a little bit nervous right there. You said all the all the COVID shipping <laughs> due to all the COVID yeah, shipping. COVID shipping. Um, it, 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 COVID's just being shipped now. Hey, you also talked about in this uh, in this conversation. You talked about killing your first deer out of the saddle which was a pretty neat thing and i i got a a a package in the mail with a predator xl that i got to hunt out of for the first time over this uh this past weekend on this bonus buck hunt and um nice uh, yeah i was pretty excited about that got a got a couple other little things the new ropes the new ropes from tethered are freaking awesome and if you're listening and you are not a saddle hunter you will not understand the importance of this statement but ropes that are smaller in diameter are amazing and you do not know what you're missing out on if you have not ever used them it takes up so little room in your pouch it is ridiculous like i could not believe how small the things were when i got them all rolled up and put into my pouch i was like holy cow man i i got all kinds of room in here now so uh they they're always they're always releasing new stuff over at Tethered, so you can check out tetherednation.com if you're interested in any kind of saddle hunting gear. But um, Drew, I, I'm tired, man, and I'm ready to go to bed. So uh, I think we need to wrap this thing up. Same here, brother. Yeah, you got you, same here. You you got uh, that newborn dad life going on, so I know you haven't been getting a lot of sleep. So you need to get as much as you Not can. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, you know. There's one day left in the season, and I think that this uh, this podcast will not be released until after tomorrow. So if you're going to be in the woods scouting for turkeys, squirrel hunting, if you're out fishing, whatever you're doing in the outdoors, remember this, that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out. And exercise that dominion. It has been an awesome deer season over here at Southern Ground Hunting. We hope it's been great for you too. And we will talk to you next week.